Welcome to Too Smart for This, a podcast dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others, hosted by me, Alexis Barber. In this show, we invite real people and experts to share their stories about how they navigate an ever-demanding society and talk about the personal decisions we make from career to health and wellness. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. I hope everyone is doing well. I'm so excited today about this episode with the three founders of Karete Shea Butter. They are three incredible black women who are sisters. They are originally from Ghana, and after recognizing the benefits of shea butter growing up, they decided to combine it with a sort of lotion and create their own product of body creams, lip butters, and hand creams, and they now sell it as a small business in addition to their three full-time jobs, of which they are a dermatologist, which is important for, you know, you know, if you want to put it on your body, it's formulated by a dermatologist, a lawyer, and a businesswoman. And the three of them are incredible. Speaking to them was so empowering because I was reminded of this fact that Black women get it done. And we are built different sometimes. Like, you can be a mom, you can be a full-time job haver, and you can also have a small business that's successful and incredible. So definitely love them. And this was such an incredible episode. And if you're looking to be inspired or have a small business idea and you want to start it with family or your siblings even, um, please definitely take a listen. Follow them on social media at MyCarete. And you can shop their products at MyCarete.com. That's K-A-R-I-T-E. And let's get into the episode. Okay. Thank you all so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I would love for one of you to just introduce yourself and your brand, and then I'd love to hear about how you started your company. And we're all silent. I'll jump. Okay. So hi, Alexis. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to have this chat with you today. Um, so I'm Akua. I am the youngest of the three sisters, and we are the three faces behind Carrie Tay, which is a shea butter-based skincare line um, that we started conceptually in 2013. So we've been at this quite some time. Um, officially launched in 2017, um, and really the backstory of where this all came from is that. We so with the three of us are from Ghana. Our family, you know, we have family roots in Ghana, and which is in West Africa. For those who who don't know, and you can tell from our names that are pretty unique that uh, we're from we're from somewhere. So um, we are from Ghana, and Ghana is actually one of the main um, sort of producers of shea nuts and shea butter. And if you've ever used shea butter as a moisturizer in the raw form, it's mm. really, really, um, it's hard to spread. It's it's very, very moisturizing. It's like yellow and thick and like goes on so well after a shower or a bath. And we grew up using it um, as a kind of a staple moisturizer product um, from when we were, you know, little. And you know, we what we would do is we would actually say, well, why don't we mix this like shea butter with like lotion to make it easier to spread on the skin since it's like so hard to mm-hmm. do in the raw form. So we would take like off the shelf Cetaphil or CeraVe or like something you could just buy from a drugstore. We'd mix it with the shea butter and we would use that as our, our daily moisturizer. Um, 
Nan is actually a dermatologist. And so she has a lot of training, obviously, um, in, in that field and, and really is very conscious about um, ingredients in different products. And so she was like, well, if you sure, look at like sure. Cetaphil and CeraVe, there are some ingredients that you know, you can't pronounce, you don't really know what's in it, you know, not a feel free to jump in here. But like, there are things that are like, you know, not necessarily, um, you know, exactly. And so we were like, well, this is actually, like, a great business idea. Like, we should come up with a, a moisturizer, or a skincare line where we can take the best of the raw shea butter from Ghana and create something that's easily spreadable that is also very clean and green. And so that's kind of where the concept of karité came from. And karité um, actually means shea nut in French. And so that's kind of where the, the name of, of the business came from. And so that's kind of that's kind of the story. It's interesting. I'd love to hear more about like the the skin benefits of the, of it and how you came about that from a dermato or dermatologist perspective. Sure, sure. So a lot of the products that we use on our, our skin is the biggest organ, and um, throughout the day you lose a lot of water, so you want to always go ahead and seal it in some way with a very good moisturizer. So um, when we started, actually, um, when we started, when the thought came, we started whipping it up in our mother's kitchen and trying it out with all these other botanicals um, that we would just purchase. Um, and then we finally said, you know what, let's just formalize this and send this to the lab. But um, what's nice about shea butter is that it's full of um, anti it has an anti-inflammatory effect, which means that it helps soothe the skin. Um, it also has a, a lot of antioxidants. So that means it actually protects the skin as well. Um, back home in Ghana, they not only use uh, shea butter as a moisturizer, but they also use it as a cooking oil just because of all the added benefits as well. So that is, a why, that is the reason why we chose uh, shea butter as our base and then adding more plants because plants are medicinal um, and, and um, creating the various skews that we did. Wow, that's that's a lot. So, do you think that having like a dermatologist background is what made it easier to like send to the lab? Because I know people who are interested in starting businesses, finding the lab in the first place is really difficult. So, how do you how do you go about like that moment where you're like, okay, we've made this in our mom's kitchen, like let's take the next step? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think there's so many labs. So, I um, it was just even hard to just pick one. But we we knew that we didn't want our product riddled with so many irritants, um, unhealthy ingredients for our skin. So, we were very conscious about choosing the lab. And when we met with this particular lab, we we just said this is a home run for us. So, um, they are, their um, efforts aligned with ours. And then we, they made a beautiful product. They make, they make beautiful products for us. Um, and so that's how we came about it. But it took a while finding the right lab. And then we also wanted a lab close by just because of sustainability efforts and so forth. We didn't want a lab in California or a lab overseas. We wanted everything close to where we are. Um, and so that's how we came about it. That's amazing. And so you mentioned sustainability efforts. What's like the What's the story there with wanting to keep it like near you in New Jersey. Sure. I'll let Akua, do you want to take this one? <laughs> yeah. So we, um, so the three of us are in the tri-state area, New Jersey and New York. And 
we wanted to, you know, obviously we sourced the hero ingredient of our product from Ghana. Um, we source some of the other botanicals that are in the product in the U.S. And we're very, very, we were just very conscious about, number one, where are we sourcing ingredients from? What exactly is going into our product? And then ensuring that everything from the packaging to the, you know, the contract manufacturer that we use, we understand every single step of the supply chain. And there, you know, I think the bigger you get as a business, you lose control of those things. And we've just made a conscious effort to stay small and make sure that we are very hyper aware of, you know, all of those those different pieces. Like we are very close to every source of of everything that goes into our product. Um, so yeah, so sustainability is really important for us. Um, our manufacturer is in the tri-state area as well. So that makes it very easy for us to pop down there if we need, you know, pre-COVID obviously pop down there if we needed to meet with them in person, which we've done several times. Um, you know, we, if there are any issues ever, like we know exactly, you know, where to go and who to, who to talk to. So things are just, you know, it, it makes it very easy to maintain the, the small sort of mom and pop nature of our business in that way. That's so interesting that you all have like really committed to this small mom and pop like situation. Is that is that intentional? Are you also just really interested in keeping your full-time jobs? And as your business has inevitably grown, like how have you made the choice to sort of stay small, but also like have a very professional and very like effective business? Yeah, this is, this is a tough one. It's like, you know, there are moments where we're like, oh, we should work with like, you know, big partner and go bigger and, you know, make a big splash. But then you, again, you lose, you would lose a lot in that, you know, pros and cons, right? You would lose a lot in doing that. Um, in terms of your question about full-time jobs, Nana runs her own um, dermatology practice in New Jersey that she's a top doctor. She has, you know, thousands of patients. Um, she's based in Anglewood Cliffs. Her practice is Bergen Dermatology. There's no way she's giving that up. Um, she's put 10 years plus into that business. So she'll continue to do that. Um, I'm in marketing and sales. I think that, that um, my training and my experience has really served me well in running this business. I also went to business school, so I have a business school background. And then Abina's a lawyer, um, which also comes in great handy when you're dealing with a lot of vendors and contracts and um, just trying to keep make sure that we're keeping everything um, street legal. So I think um, in a way, having our full-time jobs actually keeps us smart um, and keeps the business, um, I don't know what the word is, but keeps the business kind of like keeps it going and keeps it fresh in a way, like, because we're bringing our experience. I think if we were to stop doing those things and our, and having those, those experiences, we might struggle a little bit, um, and keeping things like innovative. So while it's so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the perfect trio. You have a dermatologist, you have a lawyer and you have a businesswoman all in one to build we're this. Lucky. Yeah. It's we're lucky. Yeah. I think it's, it's good. And I think, while it's hard, you find like you're moonlighting, everything ha happens at like 9 p.m. Um, after, you know, the kids go to sleep and you've done your work. Um, 
I think for now, this is kind of the, this is where we're, we're going to continue. And I think maybe, Abina, you want to jump in on like the small business mom and pop aspect. Okay, so um, yeah, I agree that um, keeping our full-time jobs also has us staying fresh and up-to-date on on everything. Um, you, and it's just, the hardest part is just time. You know, the you, you can work on your business 24-7 and, um, you know, we may not be able to grow as quickly, but that's not such a bad thing because we're able to just be intentional about every step of what we're doing, really provide great customer service. Um, and I, you know, it's it's fine for now. We'll see that might change, you know, sometime down the road, but for now it works pretty well, so. For sure. And for you all, what's the biggest time management um, thing that you've you've learned? Like you said you could work on your business 24-7. I feel the same way. Like there's so many things I could be doing every day. Like what has been the biggest lesson for each of you in how to manage like your main careers with a side business? Um, really keeping a good schedule. I would say a year ago when everything shut down and everyone was home, the, the kids were home because we're all moms too. That was probably the most mm -hmm. challenging time. Um, but, you know, the, the three of us, you know, schedule, you know, weekly calls. We're constantly, you know, checking in, um, you know, really embracing flexibility and adaptability helped. And also that although the three of us have our niches, it's, we've actually, by doing this, we've learned more about each other's, you know, we, like I'm learning a lot more about the, you know, importance of the ingredients and the science behind it. Also learn a little bit about marketing and sales, um, you know, Yes, I handle a lot of the contracts, but I do run some of the ideas by my sisters. So they're, you know, coming up to speed really quickly on a lot of important clauses and things like that, too. So we're all broadening our, you know, education, too, by doing this, which is which is great. And we couldn't do that if we didn't have this business. So we're growing. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's also not just the educational piece that we are growing. Um, you know, uh, with our knowledge and with the business as well, but also just finding balance, you know? So like, as we mentioned earlier, that we do all have full-time jobs and I think we all have expertise. We know where our expertise lies. And so when one person can't pick up on this, the other person will pick up on that. So we know our weaknesses and our strengths. We find balance within the company and we are harmonious. It's not always rosy. Trust me, there's some, you know, internal fighting here and there because we're sisters, right? But we know how to like move. We say, okay, let it be, move forward. Let's get past this, you know, for the greater good. So um, I think that's, it, it's great. I love working with my sisters for sure. So for um, when you all are working together, inevitably you have jobs, kids, lives and everything. What has been each of your biggest like self-care like non-negotiables that you have to do in order to stay, you know, on top or 
keep that balance within all of your lives? Sleep. (laughs) For me, like I am a seven to eight hour a, a night person. If I don't get that, I'm a disaster. So, which is like comical because I'm about to have a kid in two weeks and, and I'm going to be a mess. But um, yeah, like I, I just have to sleep. So at a certain point, I, I just turn over my phone and I just go to sleep. And <laughs> I, if I don't do that, I, I'm not going to be a good mom. I'm not going to be a good colleague. I'm not going to be a good entrepreneur. So that's that's my thing. I also do try to exercise like two to three times a week, harder as I've gotten much bigger in this pregnancy. But um, every time I even put in 10 minutes on like, you know, doing up the Peloton app, my my whole life changes. So the Peloton app is so good. So I love good. It. It's the best. It's actually the best investment of, of the pandemic. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of been, those are my two yeah. things. I, I love to, I don't get as much sleep as I need to, even though I tell everyone that they need to sleep. Um, but I love exercising. That's my thing. That's my mental, that's my mental health. And yesterday I recently heard that you are the CEO of your health, right? And I'm going to use that line all the time. I've been using it all day yesterday and I put it on my, on my live. And so for that, it's just exercising, eating right, eating more of a plant-based diet, you know, taking, carving out a couple of minutes for myself. For me, it's just getting up early before my household um, and just having the time to just throw out a whole bunch of emails, get a workout in, and then start the day with everybody else. Yeah, I'm, I like exercising too. I wish I could do it at least like four to five times a week, but I sometimes it doesn't happen as much. I'm big on running outdoors. I love the fresh air, getting to the park. Um, you know, yeah, it's very therapeutic and also good for the body. I've also recently started using the Calm app. I like doing it in the morning. It's, you know, only just, you just need 10 minutes. They also have really good music too you can listen to while you're working so that's that's my thing amazing i love this i think it's it's so interesting to hear what everyone's non-negotiables are and what's important for them to move forward and sleep i'm with you like it definitely gets much harder i obviously as you have children but um the importance of it never goes away so in a, a more career oriented vein i'd love to know you're all three black women who are succeeding in not only your own fields but also within your own um, business. So I'm wondering for you how that identity plays into your uh, your drive, your characteristics, and because I wonder a lot of times like black women are extremely ambitious and you guys are really doing a lot and some people can look down upon that and some people can also be inspired by it. So I'm wondering like where do you think your ambition, drive, determination comes from and how does that intersect with your identities? I mean, I think it's just the way we were raised also. I mean, we're all first generation here in the U.S. Um, you know, we were always told that, you know, hard hard work, um, gets you far. And just, we know with the way this country is set up too, especially for black women, you, you have, you don't really have a choice. Um, you know, you, you have to work hard to, you know, twice as hard, sometimes three times as hard to get where you want to be. So it's just something that was instilled in us since we were younger and it's served us well into our adulthood. And we all, um, really enjoy what we're doing. We're not doing it just because we feel like we have to. It's something 
we want to do and are enjoying it and it we love seeing the success of it and love also being that role model for our children too they're seeing hey you know you're working a full-time job you making these products people love it they you know it's great to show them this and so they can they know that they can do this when they're older if they want to as well yeah and then i would also add that um i feel like as a black woman especially as a woman like we just have to do everything a little extra right like i think in the workplace i have to show up you know two times harder than my other colleagues you know i think that that has translated and i've known that since i was younger not just in the workplace you know in school and in college and in grad school and now in my career and even now as as an entrepreneur um, you have to show up a little harder. And so we continue to use, or I continue to use that um, in everything that I do. And I think that's also just helped us be, and me be successful, just keeping that mentality. For sure. It's definitely a true reality for everyone um, in terms of school, everything to have to really stand up for yourself in a lot of ways that other people don't necessarily have to. And it creates like a very intentional and a very intense like working style for a lot of people. But I do think it can be, it is what leads to such a great opportunity, like what you all have created in your business and in your career. So I'm also interested to know for anyone who is interested in starting their own business, um, what your uh, opinions and your best pieces of advice are for people who want to start with co-founders or in your case with family. So what's been really, you know, of course, like the, the biggest piece of advice you wish you would have had back in 2013 when you were ideating on your business and deciding to do it together? Really, it's it's not as easy as it looks because if it was, everyone would be doing it. Um, there, if you're going to work with someone, make sure you guys are on the same page and have the same values because there's so many aspects that go into it and so many decisions that need to be made. If you're always clashing, it's, it's not gonna work. Um, really do your research. Uh, talk to people, talk to people who have done this before to get advice, um, you know, network. Uh, that's something, you know, we're, we're even trying to be more in, intentional about. It's, it's so good to, you know, just, uh, you know, to talk to other people in the business who have been doing this for a while, who are new, you know, um, we're all, you know, we don't see other people as competition. You know, we're all trying to, you know, succeed together. Um, but really, you, you know, I think you, you, you really got to do your research. Um, it's it's not cheap either. And yeah, the, the internet is your friend. You, you can learn a, a lot from there as well. Yeah, I think um, to add to that, it's making sure that your co-founder or whoever you're starting your business with is going to put in the same amount of effort into the business. So again, like if you, if you have two people who have full-time jobs, is the other person putting in 10 hours a week and you're putting in 25 or, you know, vice versa, like just trying to understand 
how much time you're putting into the business so that it's equitable. I think also like not underestimating the need for like proper documentation. So like getting into an LLC versus like a partnership and making sure that all that documentation is, is actually set up correctly from the start. Like we set up our LLC in 2013, even though we weren't, we didn't launch until four years later. Like we wanted to make sure we had everything documented in terms of equity in the business. So like actually doing the work to make things like real and legit is, is kind of important. Uh, not to mention like bank accounts, email, shared email addresses. Like there's a lot of like basics that I think people probably overlook um, wanting to just get ahead and just getting the idea going. So that would be my recommendation. Amazing. Yeah. I think that's starting like and doing everything right so that you don't, you know, get bitten later on is so important. Um, and it's impressive that you all did that and like had such a great foundation before going ahead and launching your business. So I love hearing about like business um, plans and how you all started. So I'm so glad and thank you for sharing all of that. Um, another big part of the podcast that I like to talk about is sort of building on self-confidence and self-love and, you know, personal discovery. So I'd love to hear if any of you have any um, experiences with this, what the biggest thing you have learned over the past year of which we've been in a pandemic, like what has that taught you as women, as mothers, as business owners, as career women, like what has that taught you and what's been the biggest learning in the past year of a new normal? I think one of the important things is that you have to just learn how to pivot, right? I think we all learned that. And making sure that once you, you pivot and then you find balance um, in your personal space as well as in your business. Uh, so this year I've um, changed my business model a little bit in my dermatology practice and I've taken some of those um, aspects that I've learned and brought it into karate. Um, so I think it's just pivoting, staying balanced, and just making sure that your um, purpose is still aligned. I would also add that um, learning that it's okay to say no to things is a lot of self-love because you don't want to, you know, in a way, an opportunity can come. You feel like you want to say yes to everything because, oh, you know, I need to do it. I need to do it. I want it to see, succeed. But it can become too much, too overwhelming. And if you need the time to take care of yourself or know or know that you're not going to be able to put 100% into it, it's okay to say no. And a lot of times I feel like women are brought up to think that they can't do that. But it's okay to, to do that. So that's a big piece of advice I would share. I love that. I think it's so true, especially as someone who's trying to grow my own business and also work full time. It feels like like there was someone who asked me to take on an extra project at work that was just completely irrelevant to me. And it's like, I could add that and it would take like maybe an extra hour of my week, but it's not going to get me forward anywhere. And I have other things that I'm interested in. So I have to say no. And that was the first time I'd ever really done that. And it's something we've all learned this year too. So I love that. Um, I was just going to say it's empowering as well, right? Because so much is getting thrown at everybody, especially in this age of like, social media and just like the, the internet and things moving quickly and you see what other people are doing and you're like, oh, should I be doing that too? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, maybe that's not 
you know, where you're supposed to be right now, you know, like just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean that you have to be doing the same thing if your business isn't at that place or if you're ahead of, you know, what they're doing. Like, I think also social media is like a gift and a curse. Like, obviously we, we love it to engage with, you know, our, our, our customers, our retail partners, potential new customers, all of that. But, you know, it's also challenging to, to constantly be in this like rat race of, of social media. So I think it's also, again, just like sticking true to your, um, mission and the values of your business and knowing that like you're doing right, you know, where you are at this time. Absolutely. I love that. The social media has definitely, we are all consuming it way more now. And I think it's great to put a boundary on that of like, this doesn't have to be my life just because I'm consuming so much of this content. Yeah. So I, I would love to know before we sort of wrap up, what is one like big resource that has helped you all exponentially, whether it's navigating the pandemic or building your own business? And also it could be multiple resources. Um, I won't limit you. I'm, I'm laughing because I am going to say the internet and even Instagram <laughs> because, uh, you know, but because the, you can just find out so much from there, but I feel like you always have to, you know, verify it also. It's just the quickest and easiest way to get information, dissect information, um, you know, be exposed to certain things, but, you know, don't always got to verify the information at the same time. So as Akua said, it is a gift and a curse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. Insta Instagram, as much as there are times where I'm like, oh, I wish we could just like sign off and never be on this thing ever again. Um, it's very useful. And, you know, it's where a lot of engagement happens. So again, it's just, as you said, setting boundaries, like, if it's, you know, we get DMs where people want to partner with us and it's like, it's not a good fit. Like we're not, we're not responding to this. Like it's just, you know, it's not a good fit. You just to set the boundaries and like use the tools, how, how they serve you best and, you know, keep it moving forward. I think, um, Nana recently joined Clubhouse. So maybe Nana can talk about that. Cause I know she's like, yes, I love Clubhouse. <laughs> Girl Clubhouse, man all the platforms you know I, before we get to uh, clubhouse i do want to say yes instagram the internet um i love listening to podcasts you know when i'm running um or if i'm driving to work and so forth i think it is really resourceful um especially when you're in the right podcast you could get a lot of information and use it utilize it for your business so thank you for your podcast um uh, but Clubhouse. Clubhouse is a different animal altogether because it's a 24-hour platform of just audio. And I have um, now have, it's great because I'm able to connect with all my uh, dermatologists from around the country because we're not able to go to meetings and see each other. So we're still able to connect and get information that way. Um, and I've also been able to just being on stage at times and making a couple comments here and there, um, been able to get some patience. You know, people have said, oh, wow, because you said X, Y, and Z in this room, you know, I'm now making an appointment with you. Um, so it's great. But the thing is, you have to be present. You have to be there. And then when you have two businesses and your mom and it's just like you just have to try to find the balance right so um it's it's great you just have to know how to utilize it for yourself and you also have to put boundaries in place 
for sure. There's so much overwhelm with every different, um, with Clubhouse especially. It's like you could really be listening on there all day if you wanted to. Uh, but that's that's amazing. I'm really impressed by how you all have lived your lives and built this all together. Um, I'm also wondering what your favorite podcasts are, if you have any. Um, I love The Read. <laughs> I think it's the best. I don't know if you, you listen to it, Alexis, but I think it's hilarious. Um, and it just keeps me up to date on pop culture and all things Black, and they're just the best. Um and then, you know, when I'm trying to just like learn more, the daily is very useful for just, you know, general current events and topics. So that's been really great to listen to. Um, those would probably be my, my two. I don't have a ton of time to, to listen to podcasts, unfortunately, like now that I'm not really commuting for work anymore. But um, yeah, those are my go-tos. How about you, Alexis? What do you What do you like to listen to? Oh my God, so many things. Um, I like stay listening to podcasts, um, but I start with the daily every morning, of course, just to see what Michael Bobaro has to tell me about the world. And then um, I love listening to podcasts about like, um, like about health and wellness sometimes. And I also like listening to them about like building my own brand. So most recently, I think I've really gotten into the Work Smart podcast from Morgan Debon, the founder of Blavity, and um, this podcast by Brittany Hennessy, who's like the this black woman who like really like is literally like the baseline of the influencer industry. She's like the end all be all of it. And she's done such a great job. But honestly, if something just looks interesting to me, I'll click it. I really wish podcasts had more of like a discovery page, you know? I feel like it's so hard to find ones that really resonate with you. Absolutely. I Yeah. So that way you could, um, you could put your interests in, right? And then it just tells you which ones you should be listening to. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So um, I before we wrap up, I want to tell you about like how I like to end these podcasts, which is um, I like to say you're too smart to not love yourself um, as my big thing. So I'd love to know from each of you what you think that the people younger than you are too smart to be doing. So it can range from like just listening to people who don't matter to them or whatever, but I'd love to know your specific too smart for this statement. So I like to say, finish the sentence with something you want young people to know. You're too smart for X, Y, Z. And whoever wants to start can start. I would say you're too smart to get caught up in the comparison game. Just be yourself. Don't always be looking at, you know, especially Instagram, right? For that picture they posted, they took about 50 pictures before they posted that one. Always remember that. (laughs) I would say you're too smart to just like get started. I think a lot of people are, have great business ideas, like even kids, you know, kids that are like in their teen years have great ideas and they think maybe they're too young to get started or, you know, they should focus on X, Y, Z. It's like, you can do both. Like you can be really good at school and do really well in school and also start a business at a young age. So I would say just get started. That goes for anyone who has a passion or a dream to, to, you know, start a business. Every so often you have to change for the moment. You have to constantly pivot 
you know, you have to, when you're listening to a podcast, you have to take in that one little nugget and then try to incorporate it into your lifestyle. So change is good, you know? Um, so don't, don't be stagnant. I think a lot of people get, yeah, a lot of people just get stuck in their ways and, you know, they don't want to change and um, you got to keep moving. You gotta keep moving. For sure. You gotta keep moving. And that's the truth. I think people think they once they achieve whatever goal it is, that like they'll get fulfilled in that moment. But it's like the world the life is long for a reason. You're constantly evolving and changing. I love that. So you all have been such an exciting group. I'm so glad to have had you on and thank you so much for giving me your time and for your incredible products, which are amazing. Um, And I would love to know where can everyone find you if they want to stay connected with you um, and with your brand. Yeah. So thank you so much again for having us. It's just like great to be in a a space with other Black people and just chat and, you know, hear, hear from you the great questions you have and you growing this amazing podcast. So thank you. Um, so people can find us um, if they're interested in our products. Our website is mycarite, so K-A-R-I-T-E dot com. Um, we are on Instagram at the same handle, so my, at mycarite. We're also on Facebook, but not as much. So I think follow us on Instagram and you'll get all the latest. And um, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Oh, another thing is we also are taking um, donations for sneakers. So we partner. We didn't mention this in the beginning, but we partner with um, uh, all women shea nut farm farmers in northern Ghana. And when we met with them last summer, two thousand nineteen, there were definitely was a need for them to have more comfortable like footwear for them to be doing their work and picking the shea nuts at the farms. And so we are collecting donations for sneakers. Um, and we were, we'll be shipping those sneakers over to Ghana this year. We've already collected probably over a hundred pairs, um, of, you know, gently worn shoes that will go really, really long way for these women. So I just wanted to plug that and you can just DM us on Instagram and we can give you all the information as to where to send them if you're interested. So just a little plug. Amazing. That's so, that's amazing. First of all, partnering with the all women in Ghana. That's stunning. I'm glad you all are doing that, but I will definitely be sure to plug that when this episode comes out too. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Alexis. This was great. Thank you so much for listening to the Too Smart for This podcast. Be sure to leave a review if you liked it. It takes two seconds. And follow the show on Instagram at Too Smart for This Pod. Check back every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes. And make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber for more content about lifestyle, health, and career. And don't forget, you're too smart to not love yourself.
so much for listening to the Too Smart for This podcast. Be sure to leave a review if you liked it. It takes two seconds. And follow the show on Instagram at Too Smart for This Pod. Check back every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes. And make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber for more content about lifestyle, health, and career. And don't forget, you're too smart to not love yourself. <laughs>